Alright guys, welcome to the MMOs.com podcast. This is Altai here with episode 97. Getting close to that 100. I'm joined this week by... Omer. Gumble. Matt. Shirelia. And the full gang is here. Okay. You know what I'm looking forward to right now? I'm looking forward to that weekly raid because I actually have no idea what it is. Go ahead, Gumby. Okay, and this week's weekly raid, it's brought to <laughs> us by Ecobots Gaming, who I don't even know if he's here. So, sorry, Eco. I guess you're seeing this on the YouTube. Uh, this week, we're pitting friend against friend, brother against brother, sister against sister, and asking... Are your friends and family holding you back in gaming? Are you trying to go plat, and but you always queue with that one friend, and boy, they just suck, and you just can't get ahead. Are your friends preventing you from having the most enjoyable possible gaming experience, or are they the reason you have fun to begin with? So my own anecdote here is I had a buddy who played uh, a lot of Rocket League. We all played Rocket League, and then Ranked came out. He happened to get a, a, a pretty nice rank and then refused to play ranked matches with his friends because even though he's too old to go pro, uh, he didn't want to lose his precious rank, uh, thanks to his ego, I guess. So we're asking the roundtable. We have two brothers here in our podcast, so I am very curious uh, to hear what they have to say. Does playing with friends and family hurt your ability to advance in games? Hmm. All right, I'll, I'll take. I'll start right away with a yes. All right, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Erhan is a bit of a character when it comes to competitive gaming. Sometimes he's got the "I don't give a fuck" attitude, which is usually pretty fine. When you're playing a game like Dota or League, where you uh, where you actually want to climb, most of us, he's the kind of guy that will throw a game on a whim. Which is, it doesn't really matter for most. You know, MMORPGs, shooting games, for the most part, if it's a non-competitive game, it doesn't matter. But we've had games where you know we're, we're, I'm dominating my lane, everyone's winning, and Aaron's teammate does something stupid. Aaron, do that again, and I'll throw the game or something. And the guy's like, shut the fuck up. He does it again on purpose, right? And Aaron throws the game, and it's over. We lost because of that. So, like, he will tilt because of that and kind of make me lose games in Dota. So I stop. I, I don't play a lot of competitive Dota back when I played a lot of Dota, at least ranked mode with my brother, only because I don't want to lose games. I, I play to win. You know, I, it doesn't bother me when we lose, but, like, I, I usually do get a little bit tilted when people just throw the game. So in certain aspects, 100%. Friends, family, holding you back. In this case, uh, family. But beyond beyond competitive gaming, beyond like try hard ladders, uh, it doesn't matter, and it's actually pretty good. And you want to defend yourself, or you want? Aaron, to just... how does that how does that make you feel? Was it honest? Listen, listen. I, I, I just say that I play games for fun, right? Now I don't mind playing with friends or not friends. Doesn't matter, right? As long as I'm having a good time. I'm, and here's the thing: I'm not going to change the way I play for other people. And I think that's one thing my brother kind of, I guess we don't mesh, we don't agree with. Like if, if, if I feel like throwing, you know, oh, that's it. I go to next game. Like if, if I'm doing bad on my lane, okay, next GG, next game. You know, who cares? Four of the guys on my team, deal with it. <laughs> so I can see so how... Does that not affect the four other people on your team that's that their, are your friends and family? That's their problem. <laughs> I got mine. Okay. <laughs> I, th I think I rest my case pretty strongly on this one. back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my... So for example, Overwatch. I'll just pick what I want to play. I have no intention of picking around to help my teammates, right? That's uh, different. If you play, play, yeah, just don't throw the game. As long as you, as long as you play to win, I, I don't think I, it really bothers me if anybody plays whatever if they're playing to win. Wait, wait, wait. Does picking Sombra count as throwing the game? Yes, shoot, it does. <laughs> wow. By the way, I can't play with Shu either in Overwatch because she. Whoa, Sombra. Whoa. So I think you're the problem. You can't play with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, just Shu and Uh huh. And my defense, I do play with Shu even though we lose every game. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like Sombra. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay. So here's the thing. Then I guess. Uh, friend. Okay. Can it? Can it? Can this attitude, right? That we have, like where I have at least, where I, I'm just focused on myself, having fun. I'm not going to sacrifice for other people. Can that get in the way of friendships, right? Uh, and I, apparently, yes. You know, my brother doesn't like playing with me because of that in some games. So I guess that's a thing. But I don't think it would ever actually ruin a friendship no. necessarily. I mean, <clears throat> just because I don't play, you know, like, I'm not looking forward to playing Dota with you, but I'll play everything else with you. And even when Shu picks Sambro, usually I, I just eat it up and I don't really care about my rating. I mean, I, I used to care a lot more about ranking. Uh, not so much anymore. But I feel like if I was in my tryhard mode, I probably <laughs> wouldn't play with other people. I'd just play solo. It can kind of get what in the way. But I don't me? think anyone's that compet me? as competitive. Go ahead, Shu. What if I pick me? No, that's okay. fine. Right. Yeah, you can pick whatever. Just See, you just I, have I a problem with Mexicans. That's what you're trying to say. Right. You don't like Sombra. You don't like Reaper. Oh, no. I have a question for the panel here. here. A question for the panel, right? <laughs> uh, for, for for Matt, for Gumby, and Aaron. Okay, now you don't want to. You want to wait till we get off the rays. It's going to steer us in a new direction. No, no, it's it's, it's within this context. Okay. All right, it's within this context. If in Overwatch, for example, the character that Shu plays is Sombra, it's a relatively new character. It's look. I, Shu insists that she's a good player, good character. I say no, but let's look at the data. The win ratio is like abysmally, like 39%, like the worst in the game. No other hero has ever approached that tier of badness. The worst is like 45, 44 after that, and she goes right to 39. Is picking Sombra throwing the game? No. Aaron? Done. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer like this. Look, real life sometimes sucks, right? You got to do things for other people that you don't want to do, okay? Like cook and clean and shit, right? Yeah. In a game, which is supposed to be like your escape, if you are sacrificing for other people, okay? If you're playing, like, if you want to play a Sombra, and then you feel like you're being guilted into playing something else, and you kind of feel like that thing nagging yourself, you're not playing games anymore. Now you're just doing obligations, like real life, like chores. So you should never be in that position. That's a pretty good answer. I like that. That's that. also a no then, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not throwing the game, because throwing the game is explicitly situations like where you just stop playing okay it wasn't literally throwing the game you, you but, okay then you've automatically you discarded your own point we, we are not in literal terms here we're talking uh you know what are we talking what are we talking figurative is that we're talking right here we're talking about friends and family potentially making competitive gaming like holding you back you know is, is, is the context of our discussion and, and Aaron, to address your point that's i think if you're I think if you're concerned about friends and family holding you back in gaming, you need to reprioritize yes, your life exactly. to begin with. Exactly. That's not fair either. Let's, you can't uh, just tell somebody, oh, bro, just stop tryharding. Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, stop tryharding. Game more seriously than you do. That's Good. fine. Then play if solo. Prioritize the game. No, you can't tell someone, yo, stop trying so hard, bro. Yeah, you can, but you just appear like a douchebag. I'm not know? saying stop trying so hard. I'm saying take time, set aside time where you just don't give a fuck to play with friends and family. Just set aside that time. No, it couldn't. Because you have time where you take it serious. You have time where you don't take it serious. It's a game. Yes. Just yeah, relax. Man, let's say let's say this guy's trying to hypothetical person A is trying to go pro in league or Overwatch. Oh, he, he's, he's a douchebag. He's automatically he's he's automatically douchebag then. If you're trying to go pro, you're a douchebag. Alright, there you go. He's a douchebag. He's trying to go pro. He he plays WoW all day, he's doing arenas. And you know, he only he has maybe he's doing two v two arenas, three v three arenas. And, you know, casual friend wants to play with him. Is he a douchebag <laughs> for saying no? No. 
But Matt says he's got to reprioritize his life yeah. and play with a friend. If he's busy, it's like, no. if it's work for him, like he's uh, trying to go pro. But, but maybe no. on the weekend he can play a few games with his friends. No, I'm saying if you're concerned about your friends screwing up your ratings, you need yeah. to re reprioritize your life. Now, if you're a, if you're trying to go pro and make money off of it, yeah. then you don't need to reprioritize because you're replacing that you're being a douchebag with you're potentially making money off of it. All right, boys. But do, do you understand what I'm saying? Let's reel it back yes. in. Reel it in. Reel it in. Gobble, where do you... Oh, I guess you gave your example. I, I, I th All right. Well, before before we're getting a little sidetracked here, and I, I wanted to hear from Shu and Matt. I know that uh, both Shu and Matt also play with people they're close to, so I want to know what their take <laughs> is on the weekly raid. Uh, how about uh, Shu? I know you play. I, I know you play with your family. So why do you take it away first, and then we'll hear from Matt. Uh, how do you feel playing with your family members in games? Are they holding you back? Well, I, I, I mean, I do like playing with my family members. Like my brother is pretty fun to play with. But um, sometimes I play games with my mom, and it's like unplayable. Like any kind <laughs> of like. I, I'll give you a story. So one time I was playing this. I was playing Ragnarok. All, all roads lead back to Ragnarok. But I was playing Ragnarok on with my mom, right? And I'm like, okay, this is your only job in PvP, okay? You're priest. You need to drop the, the wind wall on me so that I don't get hit by arrows, right? Mm -hmm. That's literally your entire job. Like, I don't care if you heal me. I don't care if you don't do anything. You just drop this when you see an arrow flying at me, right? So this guy comes at the corner of the screen and starts shooting me with arrows, right? So I start shooting him back, and then I die. Because the other guy got a wind wall and I'm dead on the floor. And then my mom drops a wind wall on top of my dead body. I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, he was shooting me for like a full five seconds. So it's like, she just, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like, I can't play seriously with like her, you know? But I want to because she, you know, she's my mom. Oh. <laughs> But, but like, would would you be a douchebag if she asked to play, let's say, competitive Overwatch with you, and you're trying to get like 3k or 3.5k for the for the trophies? No, it's she normal to not want to play. Plays duo, dude. <laughs> unless you, uh, <laughs> unless you're grandmaster, yeah, you're a douchebag. Because, what, well, mom? I'm trying to get 2k. I'm 1k now. <laughs> no, you suck. You suck well, either I way. Mean, There's nothing wrong with normals. climbing. You can play normals, yeah, right? I agree. Like, yeah, you don't have yeah. to like. That's the point. If you want to play rank, I don't think you're a douchebag for saying no to your friends. You want to play with your friends? Play normal games. That's fine. But if you want to try hard in rank, I, a lot of people play these games. Whether you know, even WoW arenas and stuff like the the latter means something to a lot of people. Yeah, you can agree it's a game. Who gives a shit, right? But that's not how people. This is what people like. That's their entertainment. They want to climb that ladder. When I hear whether I... it's in League, Overwatch, WoW, Guild Wars, so, anything. Sometimes people have goals, and you know, yeah. like if your goal is you know to get to get diamond or whatever and then you know you you work hard you fight hard on your own and then your friends are like hey you want to play and then you play with them and then they just erase all your hard work it's kind of frustrating to be honest exactly you just can't dismiss that as being oh you got to reprioritize your life to not care no look that that's your goal though you can't tell someone their look, goals don't matter and look, they should have fun here's the thing if they're having remember my, my main premise was are they having fun if you're playing games you should be having fun yeah, he's having fun climbing. Oh, if, he's, to climb. if he's having fun, but he's not having fun losing. I'll tell you that. If he's having fun climbing, right? That's good. But I would yeah. argue that a lot of those people who get stuck in that like mindset, you know, they, they're not really having fun. They're like they're banging their keyboards when they lose. They're yelling. You know, they're like they're just they're yes. going on the forums to like flame these devs. Oh my god, this hero is rigged. This is why I can't climb. Like these people don't seem happy and fulfilled. Guys that are like the two K scrub who's playing ten hours a day trying to climb and then making every excuse in the book when he loses. I don't think that's the model of a happy person. I agree. Okay. I mean, it's 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 true. Like 
like you want to have fun, but you know when you're trying to climb, you want to try to limit the factors because like you're already gonna have, you know, people on your team that are really really toxic and they're gonna make <laughs> you lose. So it's like when your goal is to reach diamond, you're not really an asshole for like saying like, look, I'll play normals with you guys, but I don't really wanna wanna play ranked because it's gonna hurt 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 me and my goals. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's fun to reach that goal and. For some people, it might not be fun, and and you're talking to like the ultimate "I don't give a fuck" person, right? I mean, mm. so it's, you know, it's 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 fun to to climb for some people, and it's fun to just screw around for other people. And also, and you, you create that straw man that of this two K player who just who's not having fun. Yeah, in in that straw man you created right there, he's not having fun. But you know what? He's not having fun even more in mm. when he plays with his friends who don't care about the results of the game and they pick fun stuff. And he's gonna be raging ten times even more when he loses. If oh. He's raging at re his regular losses, and then he starts playing with his friends to throw the game or don't take it seriously. Oh. He instantly is gonna rage even more. Okay. Yeah, but on the on the on the flip side, you can also use that same argument to say why play with your friends if it's gonna make you not have fun, right? You're mm -hmm. having fun on your own. You're having fun playing the ranked game, and then if it's not fun to you to play casually, then why should you do that as well, right? And we should probably look at this from the non-competitive side as well. I think in MMORPGs or other games, play with friends is probably the main reason anyone plays these games. Let's be real. There was a super data research, uh, uh, super data research post on why you play certain games, and Moses was on that list, and it was because you play with your friends. <laughs> that was the reason, the number one, not because of the game features, not because of the PvP, not because of the combat. Like right? The features of the game didn't drive people to try that game. It's people playing with their friends that keeps them there. So, you know, I mean... I think as a whole, it 100% applies that playing with your friends and family is typically a positive. Only in certain situations, for certain try-hard people, that it becomes a negative. IMO. Deep. I like, uh, it's never fun to be around bronzy peasants. <laughs> well, we never got to hear from Matt. Matt, does your family or do your friends hold you back when you play games? No, actually, I'm usually holding friends back. And <laughs> you can ask Pocky. I'm I'm the one who doesn't have the time to sit down and go hardcore on these games. Um, but in, in general, I mean, like, it used to be that, like, whenever I tried to get friends to play a game, they'd play for, like, two days and then just quit, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, I finally found smaller groups of people that I'm able to actually play games with every now and then. But, um... I did try playing The Secret World when it came out with my siblings um, because it was an MMO and it's easy to play regardless of where we are. And they played seriously for about three days and then slowly trailed off and got mad whenever Kat and I would play. It's like, you're going to go out of this, God damn it! And it's like, <laughs> but you haven't played in like two weeks. You can't go out of this, God damn it! And I'm just like, Okay, um, okay, <laughs> and that's why I quit. Stop. I stopped playing the Secret World because I was just tired of it. I think that makes us appreciate the whole Guild Wars Two slash Elder Scrolls Online system, where you can pretty much party with whoever you want. I think that that did solve a pretty critical problem because in MMORPGs, if you don't start at the same time, and if one group of people get ahead, you know, and, and everybody kind of wants to play in their free time, and everyone's free time is not always lined up. So I, I think that's a you know pretty good accomplishment of being able to just play with whoever, whenever, because the equalized leveling system. So that's a nice positive. I have a, I have an interesting point. I, I want to take on this, guys. For me, 
if I'm playing an MRPG like WoW, I was playing WoW. As long as I'm playing with people near me who are also playing, whether in person or over like Discord or something, it doesn't really bother me if we're not in the same spot in the game. As long as I know that they're playing the game you know, that I'm playing, we could be in different places, and I still feel like we're playing together. Do you guys feel that, or no? Do you got to be in the same quest, the same dungeon? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I find it kind of annoying sometimes to try and keep up with uh, with friends if we're, you know, say at a party, because mm-hmm. everyone goes at their own pace. Mm-hmm. And I know some people like uh, last time I played Diablo three, which was a while ago. Friends of mine did they move too quick for me? I, I kind of like to take my time a little more. I had more fun playing with them passively where we just kind of talked about what we were doing and then kind of partied up every now and then and then went back to our own separate pace than trying to stick together the whole time. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, I, I, so, a bit of both for me. I think if, if somebody's like, hey, let's play this game together, right? Like we start at the same time. You kind of want to be around the same pace. You want to experience the things at the same time they do. You want to have that shared experience. I think that shared experience, especially you know, if somebody you're close to, you want to play at the same time. I, I see the appeal of that too. So shared, I, mean, I don't think it's a deal breaker. Period. Shared concurrent just, experience because it's it's always shared because you're going to be doing the quest. Yeah, actually. yeah. Okay, so. You want you want to experience at the same time. Maybe overcome challenges together. Mm-hmm. Even like doing some of those dungeons, like in uh, in I think what made that dungeon less fun that we wiped in until we eventually beat it. Like that we did it together. If we all did it separately, yeah, we could kind of talk about it. But it's we didn't have that concurrent experience and overcoming it together. It's like almost like a team building exercise, and it's it's, it's fun. You, know, well, you you get these challenges together. I would actually use plus an example of what I what I support. You know, we all leveled at our own paces uh, throughout the week, and when and then we did the dungeon together, and we were all slightly different levels. You know, I mean, it was a pretty wide gap at one point. I think it was like five level gap between us, but we all got together on that day, and grouped. Yeah. And then for the rest of the week, we kind of all went at our own pace. So I think that that's actually a good example of what I that's what I, that's my ideal system uh, when I'm playing with friends. Yeah, you're, you're dancing on the edge. I think that's okay too. But okay. if one guy gets like max level in a week, another guy's mm-hmm. at level twenty five. Yeah, that's when it becomes like. You would argue that it doesn't matter as long as they're playing the same game. That's when I feel like it becomes an issue, not when like five level differences. All right, all right. I think we're closer because you, you don't because you don't get the experience of that content together anymore. You, you have to get the max level, and then by the time you get to the max level, the guy's already pretty much mastered. Your friends already mastered all the late game dungeons. He's going to kind of stomp through it for you with you. That's not really the same thing as doing it together. I, I, I see that appeal. All right. Of doing it together. Fair enough. I mean, that's kind of the appeal of um those session based games now right they're mm-hmm. getting really big compared to mmos so doing them together them shared experiences yo well if anyone I mean, in I chat mean, oh god i was gonna say no. i mean look at the game that we played the other day it was way more fun because we could just play together and we just spawn together and you know experience the game and like i didn't even play the game before right and yeah and i was already able to just get in and play with you guys well, that's a good transition uh to talk about next the game that she was referring to I think I know what it is. Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. Yep. So it came out uh, in early access after closed beta, what, like a week ago? Mm-hmm. And it's already done. Thursday. It's done 11 million in sales, what, three days on Steam? Yep. Yep. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, has anyone else had a chance to play it besides Omar and Shu? I know I played a little during beta. I played during beta a little bit. Uh, what was your take on it? I mean, have you played other games like this? No, I haven't played other other than the Culling. Like mm-hmm. I haven't bothered with any of the other ones. I didn't. I have H one Z one from back when it was just Survive. Mm-hmm. Um, was like that was it, you know? And they had like the arena thing that they were sort of working on, but it was before they split the games. But I haven't actually played King of the Kill. 
I honestly didn't care about it. Um, Battlegrounds is all right. I think the thing that really kills it for me is, again, I've said this, like, I said it during the stream, and I'll say it again, I really hate the art style. I really do. The graphics quality altogether is fine. It's just, it's so unmemorable that it makes it, like, sometimes hard to focus on when you're in-game. Um, it's hard for me to explain. But other than that, it's all right. I mean, they're basically just... Fuck, I can't remember how many players I support. 200? 100 players per game right now. 100 players. Okay, so 100 player clusterfucks. And it doesn't feel like there's any rhyme or reason other than the guy camping has a slightly better chance of surviving than the guy running around or the guy with the vehicle has a slightly better chance of surviving than the guy running around. And that seems to be it. It's all just RNG besides that. I'm sure there is some skill into it, like every shooter. Yes, but, like, but you know what I mean? Like When, when you just start... It doesn't feel like there's a lot of skill involved. Yes. Well, you just start. It's basically RNG and you, you the basic strats that win out or camping and certain things. But I was looking at the the game as a built-in like top lists, so you can see the players with the highest win ratio. And some people have pretty good win ratios. And in a game with a hundred players and potentially you know teams of two solo or up to four, to have a high win ratio is absurd. If you're playing by yourself, you should win on average one in a hundred games. You're playing with duo about one in fifty games or so. And you see people with like 40%, 30% win ratios. That means they're doing something right. You know, there is some level of skill to it that you kind of develop later on. I'm not quite there yet myself. I mean, I, I, yeah. I was playing last night, like uh, with Omer, and like I, I was completely new to the game. I didn't really know what was going on. But when I was playing with Omer, and then we had Boone and uh, Chaos, like they kind of just knew what to do. Like they, they just like made like made the calls. You know, like we're gonna go this way and like there's probably there and like boom would just like kill people and, like i didn't even see that guy you know what i mean <laughs> like, like and then when i died i would i would spectate boon and just like the way he plays is really is a lot different than how i would play like i'm just kind of oblivious right i'm like oh there's a dude there right but he's like he knows like where people are gonna be before they're like even there it almost looked like he was hacking to be honest <laughs> but like it, it was crazy and, and like you just see the kill feed like boom would just kill like three people like like I didn't even, three people I didn't even see when I was like mm -hmm. on his team, right? And it's like it's it's crazy like how much of a skill difference there is there, and and just the way they position themselves, right? Like mm -hmm. like we're gonna go here, and then because this is gonna happen, we're gonna do this instead. Like there's a lot of um, strategic, like overall strategic skill that I think is kind of glossed over when you don't understand the game. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know so my take, why they make those decisions, my, but it works My takeaway from that story was uh, Shu would not survive long in a real-life Battle Royale scenario. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, if uh, it was I, mostly melee weapons, I'd have a chance. I, I have a question for you guys. A uh, little bit silly. Uh, I asked Shu this previously. I want to hear Matt, Gumby, and Erhan. Is this the... Is this the, yes. the, the, the? Oh, my God. If you were invited to a real-life Battle Royale, mm -hmm. okay, uh, meaning there's 100 other kids, 100 other people, Last person surviving wins ten billion dollars. Ten billion. You are, all, all, all four of you. Are, all four of you are invited. The only the, the, the caveat here is the rules are you're only competing against uh, other middle middle schoolers, random middle schoolers across America. So you have the advantage of height, age, strength, and knowledge. And looks. Good looks. And well, not not you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, on on the island, there's only like five pistols with only one clip of ammo each. So the weapons are guns are very rare. There's only five pistols. Everything else is melee weapons. With this stipulation, would you participate? You win $10 billion, you're the last one left. Obviously, if you die, you die. You die for real. Are we, are we a team, like in Battle Royale, or are we solo? No, everyone's solo. Oh, we're you solo. play going against other middle schoolers. 
So then, well, we have the big advantage. So then, Sean, Matt, and Shu in this scenario. No, no, no. Are I'm, I'm asking island. you guys separately. I'm okay. asking you separately. If okay. you would participate, where you're the only one that's not a middle school. Second question: How big is the island? Uh, about as big as you see the one in, in Players okay. Unknown's Battlegrounds. I would. You know, I, I'd do it. I'd do it. So there's guns, right? There's, no, there's, there's only five pistols, and I'm talking each has one clip of ammo. So odds are, by the time you even pistols might even run out of ammo before you even you know see anyone. So. The pistols aren't going to really change the game. I don't I think. I would do it. You know why I would do it? Man, I don't care. I was a sub for a bit. Get me on that island. <laughs> Guppy's got some inner rage of substituting for these middle schoolers. <laughs> he wants to take it out on them. Remember, if you die, you die. You, you, you're still game. I don't care. It'll be a death. It'll be a glorious death. No problem. Uh, Matt? What? I have a strategic answer. Yeah, I don't know that the, uh, the emotional turmoil that I would go through if I win would be worth the $10 billion. I think Matt, that's funny because I asked that question to my other friend Tubby, and that's the and that's the answer he gave as well. Like I don't know how I feel about killing all these middle schoolers, and I see how Gumby and I just glossed over that. They have no qualms about killing middle schoolers. Go be a substitute for a week, and you'll understand. Dude, I, I've got enough emotional turmoil from my own mental disorder, so I, I don't need more. All right, that's fair. You gave the human. You gave the humane answer. Sure, you in or you out? I have the I have the best answer. Okay, so Go. for me, it depends where the kids are from. Okay, if the kids are like wow. from Texas and they have a gun, then I might die, right? Like, <laughs> but but if if they're from Japan, then they're good with <laughs> melee weapons because they might be taking kendo, right? So it's like, wow, depends where they're from. Depends where they're from. If they're if they're from like like San Francisco, I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> There's there is no way any kid in middle school in Japan. I don't care how much kendo he took can take me on. I'm I'm just gonna say it right now. Dude, they're gonna they're gonna wreck your they're ass. They're not gonna wreck anything. So hard. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them the old Turkish backhand, all right? <laughs> yeah, and then they're gonna cut your leg off. With kendo? They're gonna cut my leg off? Yeah, because they're swords, right? Oh, oh yeah. Well, oh, there's melee weapons. There's they're melee real weapons. weapons. Yeah. There's melee weapons. But I have more reach. Anyway, here's my question: If the <laughs> island is this big, all right, you're hot. Erhan, new stipulation. They're all from the inner cities of Chicago. Oh, no. I'm nowhere near. They're all bigger than me, then. <laughs> no, they're all bigger than me. They're all bigger than you. Dude, you still made a comment. That's, that's another one I wouldn't take. <laughs> <laughs> the Hunger Games sponsored by Emos.com. But uh, I, I'm, I think you made one mistake in your answer, though. The, the island would have to be ten times smaller, at least. Because if the island was this size, nobody would meet each other. We'd all die of starvation and thirst before we ever figured out what's going on. Because there's vehicles and stuff, too. There's like two and, and the island gets small. And the island gets smaller, remember? We have the same stipulations. No, no I didn't know the island gets small. That's kind of... Why? It, it, it kind of forces encounters. Actually, if you if you do that, if the island is small, then you automatically are going to kill like 50 <laughs> people because they can't drive. Yeah. They spawn on the outside right, of the circle. Their yeah, feet doesn't reach the pedals. All right, enough of the battle. Uh, for, for the record, I would participate as well if my competition was middle schoolers. And for $10 billion, I'll take my chances. There we go. But uh, if you want to experience the Battle Royale uh, in, in a virtual world, not the real world, go buy the game. It's 30 bucks, and it's doing really well on Steam. Uh, let me bring up some Steam charts here, guys. It peaked at 68K players. Yeah, just I now. I think it'll go higher. Yeah, just the now. Because are instant, like yeah. for 100 people. Mm-hmm. As we're talking, it was over. It was higher than. Uh, it is currently higher than H1Z1. So yep. that says something. It's number three wow. right now on Steam charts, just below uh, Counter Strike. So Dota is number one, then Counter Strike, and then this game. Do so we just I, talk about yeah. the difference in current players between Counter Strike and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, though? Yeah, I mean Steam is basically Dota and Counter Strike, honestly. 
Yeah, everything else takes second fiddle to those, third fiddle to those two, obviously. But I mean, I, I went out to play last night for a couple of games because like she never played the game, so I'm like, hey, just you know, play this game. I think you'll like it. And then we played for like seven hours. I'm like, wait, it's been seven hours? What? I only wanted to play a couple of games. I was going to eat something and do something else, but then all my my whole day went to player unknowns, rest in pepperoni. I, I, I even went to bed even later than that. I played like four more games, three more games after. <laughs> so I played like. Ten hours or something. It's fun. I still think the coolest thing about that game and the story is that the game is made by Mass and uh, Bluehole, the guys that made Terra. And the way it started was they just they just made a phone call to the guy Player Unknown, the guy who made the original Arma Battle Royale mod, and the guy who worked on King of the Kill. Like, yo, make this, uh, help us make this game. And he flew to Korea, and within a year, boom, they have a game. There's no no bullshit five year development cycles. No, you know, Kickstarter not. They freaking made a game in one year from phone call to freaking early access that works. In a one-year period, obviously this guy knew how to make this kind of game. He invented the genre. I think Aaron, you were saying earlier, this guy basically kind of saved uh, Daybreak Games because King of the Kill makes so much money, you know, compared to any other game Daybreak has. Yeah, this, this the is, game is huge. I mean, since basically EverQuest One, uh, SOE, and Daybreak now, uh, this has been their smash hit. You know, I think yesterday it had almost a hundred thousand people on Steam. Yep. And you don't see those numbers on any and on Planet Side. You don't see them in. Uh, DC universe, you know, you don't just you don't get those numbers. So yeah, good stuff. Nuts. Are you trying to say that a lot of the video game industry is incompetent? <laughs> yes. Trying to say I'm right? <laughs> yes. A game should not take like ten years to develop. <laughs> well, that's yeah, uh, fifteen. <laughs> well, speaking of and uh, Fortnite, there you go. That one's taking forever too. <laughs> Speaking of a, a game taking a long time, being in development for a long time, this one is not uh, not one that failed to launch, but one that is now receiving new updates despite being 19 years old. Uh, Whoa! This is my this is my favorite story of the week. My biggest story of the week. Uh, Starcraft HD remastered is finally announced. So we're gonna get some Starcraft uh, Brood War later this year in a remastered HD format, and uh, I uh, I am looking forward to that. Have yeah, you guys, it's pretty cool. Have you guys... Okay, I'm pretty sure you've all at least tried it, right? StarCraft original? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, grew I up played the that. shit out of it. Okay, so here's a question. I bought it like three times. Yeah, that's the thing with StarCraft and yeah, Diablo 2. Me too. I, I, must have bought, I must have bought Diablo 2 and StarCraft like eight times each. <laughs> oh, man. So this is coming I've never out. been good enough to win an online match, though. Really? Oh. Well, I you, mean, have, you have a chance yeah. now. This is, so the new game the is... The trick is to do no rush no rush 20 and get carriers. No, no. And play on the, the money maps with infinite minerals. So the trick is <laughs> to do no rush like, 20. Uh, eight walkways. Do no rush 20, then rush. They, they, they won't expect it. <laughs> you made a real douchebag. So the, the game uh, remaster is coming out this summer. Um, there's going to be a new patch for the existing Brood War, and that will be made free to play. And that should happen later this week or next week. The new patch will come. It'll make the game free. It'll add Observer. Anti-cheat, Windows 10 support, or better Windows 10 support. Um, the remastered version will cost money, probably. It won't be free. But I suspect they're going to sell millions. And Omar and I actually have a disagreement on this. I think this game, I think StarCraft is going to be an eSport again. Like, big. Like it's, I think I, I said with Omar, it's going to be number two on Twitch for a while when it comes out. So it won't be I mean, That's definitely what Blizzard wants. Yeah. I mean, they did announce it from Seoul, and uh, they gave the, the tip... The tip to the esports community first so yeah i'm pretty sure that's exactly what they're banking on they want starcraft one to be the esports starcraft two uh should have been or what they wanted it to be 
Not going to happen. This is made exclusively for Korea. I don't think there's an NA scene <laughs> for StarCraft 1 anymore. Really? And it, StarCraft 2 oh. has been on the decline. Uh, you are very optimistic. Look, I love StarCraft. I watched actually the most recent StarCraft uh, 1 finals. Um, I think it was Jay Dong and the other guy. I forgot the other guy. I know Jay Dong. He's a Zerg player. Everyone knows him that plays StarCraft or watch StarCraft. <laughs> but I don't see it revitalizing the game. It's going to be a thing to kind of help the Korean scene. It's I, No chance it's going to be number two on Twitch for a month. No way. No way. So, all right. Does, is this hooked into the new battle.net instead of the old one? Yes. So, okay, yeah. So, yeah, this is exclusively for the Korean scene, making sure that they're able to continue to play it over the long term because, I mean, the game barely works on modern systems as is. Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't have any modern resolution support. So, this is all super important. But here's my question this supports up to 4K HD, right? Yep. And I saw in the trailer that they like severely increased the field of view when they scrolled out to 4K. Is mm-hmm. that going to be? Are they going to force a certain resolution for like competitive games? Yes. What you saw in the trailer was for replays and observers. Okay, yeah. so they're yeah, going yeah. to force like 1080p for. They're going to force something. I forgot. I don't know exactly what. I, I, the field okay. of view. Sh- I, I think it's going to be about the same. They wanted to keep all the core mechanics the same. Yeah, I actually, don't think any that's, that's a change. good point. I don't think they're going to change the field of view um, because, interestingly. It's built on the same client as the original Brood War. And I think they even said you can queue with people who are still running the original Brood War. So that's interesting, right? But they're on different systems. What do you mean? They're on completely different, like, Battle.net backends. They're integrating the, uh, the, the lobby and matchmaking to something called Fish. It's like the Korean iCup, basically. Uh, so, so they're both going to go through there. But I think it's gonna. Like, oh, okay. But it's gonna use the Blizzard like friend system and and all that stuff. Okay, that's odd. But there's, okay. There's still yeah, I'm not exactly sure on that either uh, yet. Um, there's a, lot of, a few conflicting points, but we'll see where it ends up. But it will definitely have matchmaking. I, I can tell you that ranked matchmaking. Have you seen those uh the, the the video? It doesn't even look like. I feel like the 4K textures didn't add anything. It didn't look good at all. I think the old graphics look better. I mean, obviously, the you know improved netcode, reconnection features, and all other stuff is gonna help the game a lot. Well, but I don't think the the change, the slight changes, the visuals are gonna do anything for the game. They're the same graphics. Yeah, just 4K textures, which I think the textures look worse now that they're 4K. At least some I think of them. They look fine. I didn't like the marines. I didn't like the dragoons. Those just I thought they just looked worse. I think it looks because it adds this crisp, weird crispness. Bad. I mean, the yeah, dragoons but, never look good in motion. But the fuzziness made it look fine. Like, the fuzziness blurred out no, the badness. I never thought that. I, I, look, ugh, I, I don't know. It, it bothers me a lot. The, the current, the 4K crisp textures makes it look worse than the blurry ones before. The blurry covered up the badness. But now that that's, like, crisp, it just looks weird. It doesn't fit the background, in my opinion. I mean, I think it might look better to. in game. Just a trailer I didn't really like. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay, yeah. I, I lied. It's not the exact same textures. They modified them slightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take you to my uh, favorite article of the week. Uh, besides Final Fantasy, because we kind of talked about the pregame, but there's actually six video games that made uh, over a billion dollars last year. If you didn't see the article, can you guess all of them? Who wants to take a shot at it? Okay, so what is, what is the question? Dungeon Fighter. That's one of them. Dungeon Fighter made over a billion dollars last year. Uh, uh, PC World games or all games? All games. Okay. Now, World of Warcraft was sitting on 870 million, right? We have World World Warcraft didn't even didn't make this list. Cro- What'd you say? Hearthstone. Hearthstone, no. Hearthstone was four hundred million. Crossfire. Crossfire made this list. Okay, that's League two of them. League of Legends, obviously. Yeah, League of Legends. Legends. That's three. Okay, I got one. Uh, three more. King of Glory. 
No, it didn't because it's too new. That's Cla all Clash, Royale, Clash Royale. Clash Royale. Clash Royale made this list at 1.1 billion. That's four. There's two more. Two? Shadowverse. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt Shadowverse did that well. No, no, no. Shadowverse 100 million. Hmm. Uh, Think of the other Clash game. Come on. Oh, well, Clash of Clans. Okay, there's one more now. Okay. This last one was surprising. I I, I could not have gotten this I think one. It's too revolution. No. No. It, I bet I bet you Matt it will make it this year, but this is the last year, that's why. Hmm. Alright, it's Monster Strike. This like Japanese pinball game with the, with the dragons. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Okay. Oh my god. Have you played this guy? I didn't think this was like that great of a game. And I, I tried it because it was so big. I, my mind is blown that this made $1.5 billion. I've never we played We had a whole Monster bunch of articles in the beginning of the year about how successful this game was doing. Yeah. But the point of this list was uh, there's only three movies that made more than a billion dollars in global box office sales last year compared to six video games. So better question. Can you guess what three movies made over a billion dollars last year? You already pulled it up. Ah, shucks. Right, no, but the, they're, they're not really comparable, though, because, like, you pay for your movie ticket, but that's, like, a one-time thing for box office sales. And then with video games, you can continue paying over yeah. and over and over. And, like, League skins are, like, the price of a movie ticket each, so... Yeah, it's and not somewhere, really somewhere 30 bucks. The, the comparison's pretty dumb. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's a strange comparison. They should compare the whole franchise revenue so for example for finding dory they got to clump in like the toy sales and stuff to, to make it match that kind of the league of legends plushy sales either even though it's no, not that much obviously they're, they're counting the recurring revenue though yeah just from the game though mm -hmm. just for that year I, I agree it's not a perfect comparison at all but it's it's still pretty not a perfect set. comparison is still pretty generous <laughs> fine it's not it's not a great comparison but you know it, it's pretty nuts that there's only three movies that made this list but what's more surprising to me is we didn't see a single console game on this list and they said video games, so I don't think they were excluding consoles in this list. Did any well, consoles gaming... consoles don't really do the whole billions of dollars thing. Mm -hmm. Then, like uh, maybe Destiny did. I don't remember. And when it first came out, yeah, that wasn't, um, was that last year? Destiny? No. Was... Maybe that was closer to five hundred million. I don't remember. I know they made back like the five hundred million they spent on it at least. I don't remember beyond that though. But other than that. Consoles don't really make that much. The thing about consoles is they have, I think, more dedicated audiences for each individual title than um, PC games generally do. Plus, they build franchise and kind of sell you multiple games, whereas, like, you know, League of Legends is not going to make League of Legends 2, you know, Monster Strike 2. These games are just, you know, the one games. One, you know, whereas, if you count the whole <laughs> franchise sales for probably, you know, obviously Call of Duty, Battlefield, any of these games, it'll be way more potentially. You also have to take into account that consoles are made for core gamers. Like, whatever core gamer means these days. <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> they're made for core gamers. Um, more casual gamers get into PC games and mobile games because they're more accessible because they already have PCs and mobile phones. Mm. Uh, they don't want to spend the 300 to $500 on a console just to play whatever game. So it, it's a completely different market. Chaos says you gotta count all those lewd Katarina figurines for League of Legends, alright? I got my closet of them over here. <laughs> I there was another takeaway from this uh, Super Data stuff, uh, and it was something like uh, League's revenue actually grew massively over the past few months. Like, I think in the, like, over five, six months, they grew like 40%. Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, when a big game is still growing, it's pretty nuts. And every uh, some people still tell me that League is dead or that WoW is dead. You, anyone that says WoW is dead, League is dead, or like any of these big games that are still growing or dead are, are out of their minds. People assume when you stop playing a game, it's dead. It's so not true. 
WoW is still doing amazing, and it's still bringing in so much money, and it will still keep bringing in so much money for, like, I say another five, six years. Easy. And Lee still has a huge runway. Now, here's some of the... Here's a table from Super Data for the different games. Oh, let me put this up. So, number one in mobile right now for the month, uh, for February, is Lineage 2 Revolution. Mm -hmm. So, for the full year, that's going to do really well. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's... Yeah. A surprise is World of Tanks. It's number uh, four right now. So past WoW. World of Tanks made more money in February than WoW. Gumble, how do you feel about this? Gumble, you're muted. I can't hear you. Gumble is so torn yeah. up by this that he lost his voice. Yeah. Man, I cannot wait for Lineage Revolution 2 or Lineage 2 Revolution to come over here because look at that. Top grossing and it's only out in Korea. Mm -hmm. Okay, and just to give some more context on that, it is literally mind blowing how successful this game is. This might be the most successful mobile launch, and it's not. And it's not a typical money grab, uh, like uh, uh, Game of War style game. It's an MRPG, and it made 176 million dollars in revenue in its first month, and had daily active users of 2.15 million. That's daily active. Hmm. At 176 million. Just and it's only out in Korea. That's only the, out in oh Korea. my God! When it goes in China, they're gonna be they're gonna be swinging that though. They can't right now though. Yeah, there's there's that spat with uh with China banning all the Korean games until they can settle something. I, but this I, is why the future of MMORPGs is mobile. There's you cannot fight the tide. You know, start at least giving these games a chance, and I think they're getting better and better as well. You know, I think a lot of us are still kind of elitist. Maybe maybe I don't know. If everyone is here, but I still no. kind of you know. If you don't feel the same way about mobile games, but don't I'm giving them more of a chance. <laughs> are you, I mean, I don't think I think Erhan and Gumby are a little elitist here as well too. Shu as well. I don't know Shu has actually embraced mobile pretty well, but I think Erhan and Gumby are pretty elitist when it comes to their phone games Look, as well. No, no, I'm not elitist on. I have a bunch of them. I'm hmm. not elitist on the on the the con the hardware. I'm elitist on the actual games. So, for example, mm -hmm. uh, Clash Royale is a good game. It's better than most PC games, right? Mm -hmm. But whether it's Fire Emblem Heroes or Pokemon Go or any of those like or Puzzle and Dragon, those these aren't even games. They're just like these are just like nothing. These are just blah. They're just there. I don't even count them as games. Erhan, the food critic. <laughs> For me, I'm not. I, I, what I'm sold on mobile is CCGs. I, I actually really like playing Hearthstone or Shadowverse, kind of like laying down in bed. Those games have worked for me on mobile. And I actually want to download Fairy on my phone, but it's only on tablet right now. They're going the same route, I guess. Tablet first, then mobile. So I couldn't play that just <laughs> yet. And uh, But at least playing Lineage 2 Revolution, I did the, the video for it in Korean. Obviously, you can't enjoy the game because you can't read what the hell is going on. But it feels like a real MRPG. You got the wide, persistent world. You got some... The graphics are actually quite good for the game. And the potential is there. I think, And they are launching this in the West. So I think we're going to see... We will see a global release sometime this year. And we'll see what the fuss is about. But, you know, $176 million in one month. This is bigger than most PC MMORPGs like make all year. Like not, outside the top ten MMORPGs on PC, this is you know in one month, Lineage Two made as much money as some of these games make a year. I think CCP made eighty three million dollars last year. That's like half of what Lineage Two Revolution made in one month. You know, mobile's here. You know, there's no more dismissing it. You know, it's it's it's, it's huge. You know, there's there's some mobile games that are actually legit hard, like that Sword Art Online game. It took mm -hmm. me like. Like, I want to say five hours to get, like, rank two, and it's really hard. I mean, you, you're competing on a very high tier. Five hours to get rank two. is That's, like, rank two in the world, right, for that month or that, that event? No, it's for your group. Your, oh. Your... How big is the group? 
Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but but mommy got rank one too, from mm. playing like for ten hours or something. It, it, it's really hard. Like you have to um, it's think of it kind of like like Dark Souls. You have to do like a perfect encounter, pretty much. Mm. You have to like parry everything perfectly, dodge everything perfectly, and like max DPS when you can. It's pretty fun though. Like um, that game. Sort that's Sora Online, by the way. Mm-hmm. Memory defrag. <laughs> I hate the subtitle. <laughs> Why is it memory being defragged? I thought my hard drive gets defragged. Why the memory? I mean, I never should like 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 oh you know there's a lot of shit talk on mobile games, but I guarantee you guys would have trouble with that game. Like at, at least in the beginning. Can you, mm. do do you buy gear or how does the, how does the payment system work? Uh, you farm gear pretty much. So what do you spend money on? Uh, crystals you can use to unlock more characters and uh. It's a waifu collector. The waifu collector, yeah. And, and with... But you really only need like one character. Like you get one character, you get their weapon, you max them out, then. Okay, but I'm you're saying. Fine. It, it, I'm saying uh, is is it difficultly structured in a way where you basically have to pay for upgrades for your gear to win? Um, you need to, you need to farm. You need to have like one set of gear, but they're pretty generous with the crystals so okay i haven't played it but i don't know but i suspect if it's making that much money it's it's pretty much like structured in a way where well it's because they keep they keep releasing new characters right Mm -hmm. all right Uh, i haven't played so i can't comment like Mm -hmm. they just released like seven new characters in like the last month so it's like people rolling for it and stuff any other surprises any other surprises on this list for you guys on the you know any on the pc console or mobile list of top revenue earners for february Nope. Uh, let's take a look. I, I, I'm actually surprised to see more games ahead of... Uh, actually, no, PC World of Warcraft is number four over there. It's on the list I'm surprised twice. Fantasy Westward Journey is so low. Hmm. I mean, that's that's China exclusive, that's why. No, that doesn't mean anything. China's huge, man. I know, China is basically the gaming market. I mean, the, the size of the gaming market in China is multiples bigger than the rest of the world, basically. But Fate Grand Order as a surprise for me. I mean, I know Shu likes that game a lot. Oh, I'd already seen that before. But, I know but that's doing yeah. Well. That, this actually launched in China relatively recently, so it's booming over there as well. But uh, Honor of Kings I th- is that the same as King of Glory? Yeah, actually, it's the same game. It gets translated differently. Honor of Kings is actually a really interesting game, and it's mind blowing how successful that game is. Like it will, it really blew my mind when I read the statistics and when I played the game myself. So I'm, I'm gonna look at the article real quick. But Honor of Kings. It's called King of Glory. Uh, for some reason, Tencent refers to it as the Honor of Kings in their own press release, so that's why they got that name. It's basically a League of Legends clone, but for mobile, and it's made by Tencent, so it's like they're allowed to clone their own own games, so it doesn't really matter. But this game has 50 million daily active users, over 50 million daily active users, according to Tencent themselves. And to put that number into context, this game is multiples more popular than League of Legends, Dota, and Smite, and these, it's a MOBA. So League of Legends has 100 million monthly active users, which is nowhere near the same as 50 million daily active users. So, and Dota 2 gets 12.5 million monthly. So this is mind-bogglingly successful. So four times as many people play this game you guys are seeing on stream right now as uh, in a day as play Dota 2 in a month. Yeah, so, okay. a day. This is a mobile MOBA. You can see the first video over there of me playing the game, but uh, in terms of league-wise, I'm, I'm going to say at least twice the player base is league, twice. And this is only in China right now. Probably more than twice. 100 million daily monthly active means a guy who played once in the whole month will be counted. Other ones counting every single day daily active. So I'm talking two to three times more popular than League. 
And I actually like the game. And I don't like mobile games typically. And this is coming from a guy who really doesn't like it's hard to get into these games for me. But this was intuitive. The controls made sense. And that you have this auto targeting for your abilities, for your auto attacks, but skills have to be aimed. And games are much shorter. It's a 5v5 game, but you, it ends in like 10 minutes. Towers die very quickly. And the base dies, again, very quickly as well. The, whereas League or Dota can stretch on for an hour. And if you look at the, this, you know, there's China's version of Twitch called Do You. I put a picture of there. More people are watching this game right now than League of Legends. And that shows you again how much more popular it is than League of Legends. There's no doubt this game is going to launch, I think, in America because of the success as in China. And it's going to, this, is going to, this, this could dethrone League, if anything. I don't, maybe not the PC mobile will dethrone League, but King of Glory has the potential. And did you mention how you play this on PC? Uh, you could play it on uh, Tencent's website. I think it's pp.qq.com. You can actually play it via an emulator. And the game is made on mobile, but I play it on PC. They actually have a built-in emulator for it when you install it. So you install the PC version, you know, and then it actually just launches an emulator, and you play it basically through an emulator. It's called Nox. But it, it works really well. You know, There's no issues with it. You do need a QQ account, though. So if you, if you want one of those, we do have a link to how to make your own on Emos.com, as well as we can just buy it from us. But there is a guide on how to get one on your own for free as well. But it doesn't always work. So if you can't get that to work, Feel free to buy one from us, and we'll deliver those for you. Or if you're too lazy, yeah, <laughs> like you're me. Lazy. That's really what it's for. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna take a, mi a minute to just talk about the, the practicality of China, Chinese like companies. Like here, mm -hmm. we have a mobile game, right? And what they do is they offer you to, the chance to play it on PC with the mobile audience by bundling it seamlessly with just an emulator. So many games yeah. could do this uh, in America, you know, Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, you know, all these games, but they don't because they have this. I think. The mentality is just different, like in Japan too, with Nintendo, right? They're, they have their own way of doing things. Uh, and in you know, China, they say, "Listen, we want as many people playing this game as possible. People want to play on PC, fine. We'll just let them emulate it. You know, boom, uh, no problem. They they don't care." Well, I mean, I, I don't think Nintendo is a good comparison because they have a vested interest in, in keeping their games within their own platform, right? Why? Because they sell they sell the um, consoles so it, it would drive up the the sales of consoles right to to have exclusive titles sure but whereas we... for that other company i mean they're not really you know making money off of i mean but wouldn't you argue then the the, the hardware the hardware has a much lower margin than the software so for example something like fire emblem why can't i just play that on my pico why can't i go to antenna.com click a button and it just launches on my desktop and i can then i can spend twenty dollars on stupid orbs uh when a whole console only costs three hundred, a new one. Yeah, that 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 one's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, it is different. There are emulators, but I guess it's it's probably better if it was an official thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I just think the minds. <laughs> I think they're more open to practical. How do we make the most money possible in China? Well, here, here's the thing with the Chinese games, right? So, in China, they have PC clients. In America, they don't. And this is most evident with Age of Wushu Dynasty by Snail Games, because a lot of Snail Games mobile games have PC clients right now, right? So you have Age of Wushu Dynasty, you have Lineage 2 um, Blood Oath, or Blood Alliance, or however the fuck it's supposed to be translated. You have... Um, you know what? Whatever. I cannot remember the English <laughs> names of a lot of these games. So, um... So you have games like that. But here in the West, you have Age of Wushu Dynasty on mobile, but you don't have the PC client. It's That's it's so... not there. 
yeah, um, they just I don't think they feel like it's worth investing in. And I, I think the reason for that is because in the West, I mean, MMOs have been on a noticeable downtrend in the West, like PC client MMOs. And you've seen a lot of Western developers moving towards MOBAs and survival games and console ports. And I don't think they see it as worth the investment to have the PC client available. But oftentimes, at least the way Tencent pulled it off with uh, Mobius, not Mobius, uh, with uh, King of Glory, they literally bundled it with uh, Emulator. So it's literally using an emulator called yeah, and that's But that, that's kind of what they do with the Snail Games ones too, as far as I'm aware. But, but because then, they, yeah, the cost of doing it wouldn't seem like they have to really redevelop anything because everyone has these emulators already. People use these emulators to play these games in the West, and it becomes accessible to people I, who are willing to put in the time to figure it out, but not for I the I just average don't think audience. they think anyone's going to use it. And a lot of companies, even if it costs them nothing, if nobody's going to use it, it's like oper the opportunity cost isn't worth it. But Moby's Final Fantasy launched here and it gets about a uh, peak but, 24 hours, 4,500. I mean, I, to Chinese, yeah, the, a lot, but it's people. Okay, here's the thing about Mobius, though. They did an actual port. Yes, that's different. Yeah. For all sorts of things. Okay. Um, you would not see anyone like Snail Games or anything, do, anyone like that doing anything like that. Like the Snail Games um, Lineage 2, Blood Alliance, Blood Oath, whatever client, it's 720p locked. And it still has the entire mobile interface on it. I'm not even sure. I don't think that one's an emulator specifically. I think that's a native client. And it still has the entire mobile interface on it. I mean, that's, that's how low effort these are for the most part. And they're mostly just there for people to use them if they want to. And, um, and I mean, it's, it's to the point where these are so bizarre, some of them that you have to log in on the mobile game anyways and scan a QR code to log in on the PC client. There's not a tri traditional login screen. You log in on the mobile game, you scan a QR code on your computer, and the mm -hmm. QR code kind of does something like, you know how Hulu has, when you link a new device, you get the code from your PC to activate it on the other device? It's kind of like that, but a QR code that you scan from your um, mobile device. And uh, I don't really understand the reasoning behind that, um, I don't see why you don't just have a login screen, but mm -hmm. the point is, I don't think they think that these are worth providing in the West. I don't think they even see them as something that's something that's going to do well. Um, and especially in terms of like snail games, snail games have one game that's really done well in the West at all. And it's not continuously doing well. And that's age of Wushu. Um, I'm talking about PC client games. Of course, I don't, I don't know any of the mobile stats for their games, but as far as PC client games go, they have Age of Wushu. So um, I think they see the West as not worth it for PC for the most part. And that's why they're moving mostly to survival games in terms of PC yeah. client based. Well, I think they're going to be missing out because of that. But let's uh, change gears here. Uh, we talked a little bit in the pregame. I mentioned again, Final Fantasy 14 now has a. Uh, Unlimited free trial, or better is, is it better to call it unlimited free trial, or should we just say it's a uh, free to play up until level thirty-five? What's a fairer unlimited free, unlimited free trial? Unlimited free trial, I like that better. Yeah, right, because un unlimited free trial implies that you don't have a time limit. The way, well, for uh, for, no, for the record, I chose the words free to play forever up until level thirty-five. I felt like that had a stronger headline. You know, it's like oh, a free to play. But oh, it sounds obviously. good. It sounds good, but I agree. It, it's it's a free trial. 
I know WoW has it as well, where you can play, I think, level 20 with some restrictions <laughs> on gold and a few other things. But I do want to emphasize how big of an event this is because the way Final Fantasy works is you can actually multi-class and you can actually level up every single one of your classes to level 35. There is actually so much content and you know progression you can make within that free trial now that it lasts forever. So it's it's huge, you know. If, if you're ever interested in Final Fantasy 14, I say give the game a try now. That was you know a great time to try it. Before 14 days probably isn't enough to try out all the classes, and you may not even want to subscribe after 14 days. But I think because of the way the game is set up, more people will end up subscribing after trying for free. So it'll it's lead really to more subscribers. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody asked, did they did they remove all the restrictions? The only restrictions there seem to be is uh, you can't have more than 300,000 gil, you can't trade with other players, and you can't <laughs> join free company. You should be able to party with other players. I don't think that that's not one of the restrictions they listed. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's big news yeah. for me. I'm going to try the game because of this. I've always been hesitant. Uh, I didn't want to commit to a, both a you know a purchase and a uh, one month sub to try mm -hmm. the game. So now I will be playing it. And let's see if I make it to 35. The problem though is also you can't. We still can't play together because you'll be playing on a a, a non Gilgamesh server, which is, uh, I it still blows my mind that this freaking Square Enix makes so we can't play together. In order for you to play with me, is you have to, you have to basically camp like the, the downtimes and maintenances, and they open up registrations on the popular servers for like five minutes. And if you get in at that window, you're good, right? Well, there's but nobody some, wants to do that. Or, there's some good and it's yeah. like in the morning. It's, in yeah. like, it's like five in the morning. And alternatively, you can make a character on another server and pay for a transfer. There you go. But they are uh, planning on upgrading the servers soon, Omar. Uh, and when they did that, they're going to make it so you could do cross-party for dungeon stuff. They had they had the cross party okay. dungeon. Yeah, party. they've already had the cross yeah. party since um, December. They're just going to make it so that you can do cross world party matching. The matchmaking system is going to be put in. But okay. can, yeah, can we spam emotes at each other in Limsa? That's that's the key question. Okay, I got to no. spam my no. Lollafell emotes at you. Going, what? You still have to be on their server to <laughs> see them in the open world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's 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 the issue there. Which yeah, I got to be able to spam my kawaii emotes. But I, I think it'll lead to more subscribers for them. Because uh, I, I think they're doing this also because Stormblood is uh, launching, I guess, in June 20. Maybe buzz up more interest for the game and convert some of those more people into paying users. But yes, I mean, this is... After World of Warcraft, on the subscription front, this is probably the next biggest game. And I think we're not going to see many more subscription-based games uh, in the future. Unless, you know, maybe Wildstar goes free to play. Uh, Wildstar goes subscription-based again. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm. I was pretty surprised by this news. I never, I did not see it coming, but I guess I should have. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV just struck me as a game that would stubbornly stick with a, a full-blown subscription model for everyone forever. But I don't know why I, I <laughs> did not think otherwise. So not to like, it's sideswiped me. Not to generalize, but that does seem to be the trend with like Japanese companies, right? Stubbornly stick to their ways until they're forced to change, like Nintendo. Yeah, I thought I was being fair. I still love the stats that um, Final Fantasy makes available, I guess, through their API. I love this. Oh, yeah. I think every game should do that. Give mm -hmm. that transparency. But I can see why they don't, you know? Uh, I guess. It's funny. I still love the stat. It seems like such a large majority of players, like 75% of players, never join a uh, grand company. <laughs> 
because they kind of all the free trial people that never yeah, got yeah. like high yeah. enough level in the 14 days to get there. I think that number will go down now that the, uh, the free trial basically lasts much longer, well, forever. <laughs> I uh, I feel like more games should make these public, and the reason for that is if you're a new player and you jump into a game and you see no one in the starting zone, <laughs> right? Because everybody's at end game. Like there could be 50,000 people playing on one server, but if nobody's in the starting zone, you're gonna think the game's dead. Right, so you're gonna yeah. quit. There are fifty thousand people playing this game on your server, but you're gonna quit because you don't see anyone. But if they have this information public, you can go online and you can see fifty thousand people are playing. That's it's a good just point. you gotta yeah. wait. Yeah. And it's another yeah, reason that's... they gotta merge servers or make uh, Gilgamesh open. Like here, I see Belmung and Gilgamesh have players, right? Yeah, they're the busiest servers. Imagine, That's really stupid, by the way. It's like the worst thing ever. Imagine you make a character on this server, Matthias. There's so yeah, enjoy few... playing with nobody. Oh my god, it's awful. And honestly, if I played on that server, like uh, honestly, look, if I didn't want to play with my friends, like she was the reason I got the Final Fantasy XIV, I, I I would just not play if I can't play on that server. I, I paid the extra fourteen bucks, whatever it costs to transfer servers, because like whatever, I can afford it, right? But I can see why somebody like, no, fuck that. Why should I do this? You know, it's an insult to players to. Not let them play with their friends on, on the popular yep. servers they want to play pretty, on. Pretty awful. You can it's just overall bad design. You can I don't combine, know, bad de maybe, I don't know. You can combine the bottom four servers and it still wouldn't have as many players as Gilgamesh. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Let's so I uh I wanna get around to this because we have a follow up on the whole drama with the Master X Master thing. So after many, many sites vied for the rights to figure out what the fuck was going on. Uh, one that I had never heard of, Lorehound, got an interview with somebody named Sean Orlikowski, who is a brand manager for Master X Master over at NCSoft. And apparently, Statesman's Return was not a slap in the face. It was a passion project. And apparently, he has worked really hard at it to the point that he made sure that the lore was written in a way that was friendly to the original City of Heroes lore. Like in City of Heroes, Statesman actually dies at some point. So his return doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> so the Statesman return, he's not actually the same guy. He's from an alternate universe. It's, I mean, this is... Classic superhero stuff. stuff. He's from an alternate universe called Praetorian Earth. And uh, maybe this will makes sense to people who played city of heroes more than i did but the point is like they really took the time to like really write this back in to the game in a way that it makes sense for people that played city of heroes or didn't play city of heroes i mean there, there's a whole aspect to this that they took time to do but i'm gonna stick with my original statement that they shouldn't have bothered that it, it's it's really painful when it, not just one game, but like an entire franchise just overnight disappears. And then they bring it back up in a dumb way like this. You know what I mean? It's like... You kind of get them to play the you know, Master X Master in like... It feels cheesy and cheap. Is, we, I think we, is that what you're trying to say? No, I think it's... Not necessarily. No. It, it's not insulting. really that. Because um, a lot of these people aren't going to be playing... Master X Master, regardless of what they do, right? Um, they were invested in MMORPG and Master X Master is a MOBA. What I'm saying is, it, it's just dumb. I mean, it's like if you took the original Ultima series, like Ultima has been dead for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Take any character, throw it into like an EA fighting game, right? It'd be weird. It's, it would be weird and kind of insulting. It's like Ultima's been dead for how long? And people got invested in the MMORPG, people got invested in the RPG worlds. And it's just to bring it back, it's just, it, it feels like they're taking advantage of it, you know? I think just cheesy. Yeah. It, it it doesn't you know I don't think it's gonna bring any fans back. The games are too different. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> I I thought it felt like a desperate attempt to like kind of get some like people that were invested in the City of Heroes to play, to at least try Master X Master by having a character from their favorite game. Do you think? Oh, I think you're, out of us, I think you're the only one who tried this game, right? Yeah. Uh, any chance? No, I played it. Do you guys think anything? Any chance? Did that appeal to me? The visuals. The no. Um. I don't think it has a chance, and the reason for that is that they force you to play the PvE before you play the PvP. Yeah. It's a MOBA that re- relies on players playing the PvE to be competitive. And not just that. There's literally like... The, 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 shoot, maybe you can comment on the design decision over here because it seems so mm-hmm. awful to me. Okay, so think a MOBA like League of Legends, right? Yep. But then there's also this like uh, PvE mode where you kind of do all these dungeons and grind gear, right? Okay. And the gear you get actually impacts your PvP. So you actually impact and enhance your abilities, your stats, and your skills by doing the PvE. There's a ranked mode and a normal mode. In ranked mode, the stuff you get in PvE affects all your stats. Like everything, So you have to grind PvE forever to get all the stats and upgrade your damage. And it affects your, your, your combat power in the 5v5 ranked MOBA mode. Then there's a like practice mode where it doesn't count. The reason why I don't think that's smart is because people that want to have like that so the MOBA experience is like a fast-paced like you get into it real quick you can play a couple games you don't have to worry about you know all of the grinding is within (coughs) the gameplay right you you start every game with like a new level and then you you level up and and that's part of the experience having an external version of that like for people that don't really like pve it's gonna it's gonna like hamstring your audience, right? Because people don't wanna don't wanna play that. Like I wouldn't want to play that, right? Like I'll, I'll just play an MMO. Play you know, I'll yeah. just play an MMO if I want if I want that kind of gameplay. You know, so I I feel like someone thought it was a good idea to marry the two, but um, I think in the end it's it's going to hurt their audience because people just won't give it a try, even if the game like let's say the game's really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people that that want that PvP experience from MOA, they're just gonna play another game because they can get into it right away. Right? I mean the biggest problem for me was the fact that they made uh elite, like it, they doubled down their stupidity. If you want to have the rank you can make you should make it so if you want to play ranked, all that shit you do in PvE doesn't change or impact the balance of PvP, right? But no, they made it so the rank boat relies on the the, the the loot you got from PvE to impact PvP. If they made I mean, it so Blade at least like, equalized. Well, right? Blade yeah, and Soul did that well. Where... Yeah, they did it correctly. Where the arena PvP yeah, did not just... impact here. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna put forth a different opinion, and that the only problem is that the way they marketed it. And I say that because you have a lot of games like Soul Worker or um, Dungeon Fighter. You basically play a character anyways. You can't customize them. They have a specific look. They have a specific voice. In Soul Worker, they have a specific name. Literally, the only thing that's different between those types of games and Master X Master are one, it has it's mobile like, right? 
it, mm-hmm. instead of being just uh-huh. like a deathmatch PvP thing. Two, you can change your characters at any time, like a MOBA. So their problem, the only problem that they had, is that they marketed it as a MOBA with PvE. They should have marketed it as a, an instance-based MMORPG with MOBA-like PvP. Hmm. But the, the, the MMORPG element, you compared to Soul Worker, right? But Soul Worker has like MMORPG elements. It didn't feel like uh, Master Game felt like an MMORPG. We had this top-down MOBA view with like because you're viewing it as we've always had MOBA. Because you're viewing it as a MOBA. That's what I'm saying. But if you didn't, if you never market as a MOBA, and I'm playing, I'm like, why the frick are they combining MOBA and MMORPG? Because you're playing with your four abilities. They don't really change. You can't like switch them out for other stuff. It just you have these four abilities. Like I would instantly recognize this is a MOBA. What the hell is going on here? And why am I doing these PVE missions? Like, it, it, I mean, if you try it for the first time, Erhan and Shio, you, you'll recognize even without the, just, you'll just do PVE at first. And you're like, what the hell is this MOBA doing in this PVE? Like, it didn't feel like an MMORPG. It, where it reminds me of, um, what's that game Overwatch killed that we played? Battleborn. Oh, Battleborn. Battleborn, right? Same thing. Like, we did the PVP, and then like we're like, oh, people have, a, people have items. How do we get items? And we did that. Stupid... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, so we did a PVE thing. It was just, it was kind of just silly. Like it was just happy. Things were happy. We were just kind of steamrolling down the, you know, the map, and yeah. things were happening. No one cared. You know, we're just shooting. To be fair to Battleborn, after it came out, they had an actual story that was cohesive. I think. Um, Does anyone play a mobile during... for a story? No, I'm just saying it actually had a story mode. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it. But why, like, why allow the, the, the loot you can get in PvE to impact the PvP when a lot of people don't want that? Because some people want the progression. Some people do. That's the reality of it. Some people want but, persistent but, but who progression. Does? Clearly nobody... Battleborn's dead. I don't think Master's Master is going to make it. I don't think they want the progression in that, that style of game. If you want the progression, go play an MRPG. Go play <laughs> a, you know, an RPG of some kind where you have... I think that's a little dismissive. What game has made that formula work? I think I, I, I remember in again we're, we're stretching here, but if you guys remember, I mean, about, well, there have been very few games that have tried to make that formula work, and one of them suffered from perception issues with Overwatch. So I mean, it's it's again, I think you're being a little dismissive of. No, I, I mean, I, I want to hear an example of this working because I don't think there is one. Uh, Gunbound, yeah, for example, yeah. had a. And avatars available, right? Avatars and Gunbound were gear. You can you can do you can you know as you play games, you get money, you can buy gear that literally changes your stats and makes you do more damage. And there was channels, right, for gear for avatars on and avatars off. Guess which channel everybody played on? The one with the gears with, with avatars off, because the ones with avatars on, the pay to winners can just stop everybody, or people that grinded long enough have better gear and more damage. Like, why subject people to to grind content for quote unquote progression when it just imbalances the game? It's like an see, here's card. the thing. Here's the thing about Gunbound. They gave people the option. If, yeah, if you and- don't give, but if you're going to give people the option, then of course they're not going to do it. I mean, if you give the op- people the option and not work, they're not going to work. I mean, if you give them the but, option, if you don't get the option, they won't play the game. Look at Battleborn. That's but, what I would do. I would not play the game. I wouldn't play it either. Well, Why would I play a game where there's an audience that wants the persistent progression? That's all I'm saying. You mean like I'm trying to say like the people that that. Play, can't more play the game normally, and and they want to like grind it up so they can beat people. So <laughs> but nobody, I, I don't think there's a market where you can combine this competitive MOBA or competitive any kind of element where you know PVP balance is required on top of like the system where 
you can grind all the content and get stronger. It didn't work in Gamma. It's not gonna work in Battleborn. I don't think it's gonna work in Master X Master. If Master X Master works the way you know it, it is today, I will eat a hat. All right, I will eat a sock, as they say, because yeah, then I'm just wrong. And you're right. There is a market for it, but I, I don't see people subjecting themselves to play imbalanced games unless you're willing to put in the time. It's it, it's like playing CS:GO. If some guy's gun just do more damage than yours, and he's go just go grind, uh, buddy. Go play for ten years. That's game. Grind the gear the way I did. Nobody's gonna play that. It's called Crossfire. They yeah, I was just about to say that. That's literally Crossfire. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Gotcha. I don't think Crossfire has those pay-to-win elements. It's Chinese, right? It does. No, it's Korean. It's Korean. I don't think... Wow, it, that's I racist. <laughs> I, can, you, can you point out the specific pay-to-win elements in Crossfire? I, I don't think they're, they're there. I, 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 I did. Think, I did. Uh, is, 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 it, is it Asian game? It's Yes. Okay. Okay. So the pay-to-win elements are now defined. Can we, let's move on. <laughs> no. League of Legends, no, League of Legends not, is Tencent, technically, so they are, they're Asian as well. <laughs> oh, boy. I gotta right, say, what? boys, Twitch client's letting me down today. Mm -hmm. Oh, We did a lot of praising for Twitch. It's dropped me three times now. Is wow. It, is it, is How do you feel about it, by the it, way? Compared it, to just... I feel like that's a you issue. That's very dismissive of you to say that it's a me you, issue. You well, why his, am I not bleeding the, the Twitch client? Because no one else has been dropped. Well, we had it. I mean, you, whatever. It doesn't matter. Twitch is. It's 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 in beta, guys. It's in beta. All right. Speaking of the Twitch client, they're going to be selling games soon. Uh, this week, yeah. actually, right? Who 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 put this up? Somebody got the deets for me. John. John, let's hear it. There was no there was no date, so I don't know what you're talking about. All uh all I know is that apparently there are going to be 50 games in the Switch store, which is quite a bit more than I thought there would be. Uh, I, I originally, when the article first came out, when Twitch first announced it, it seemed as if there's only going to be a you know a handful of games to kind of alpha beta <laughs> test it. But now they got 50, so I guess they're they're really they're really ramping themselves up here. Uh, I guess they're a little Ubisoft. excited. And Ubisoft is like, "Ooh, pick me, pick me!" <laughs> with its uh, brand new games. Uh, guys, uh, come by. I want to correct you for a minute. It's, it's the rollout is not starting in a week. It started right now. If you guys are on the Twitch client, do me a favor and click the little gamepad on the left that says Game Library. Oh, shoot, son! So, uh, there's one game currently in the Twitch client, and that is the Breakaway, which is by Amazon. That's why it's probably right mm -hmm. there. This doesn't count. Well, it counts. It doesn't count. This is not the, the, each, this is not the rollout. This is the rollout, baby. I the rollout is deals with other companies like Ubisoft and selling the games like that. But here it is. This is what it's going to look like, I guess. We're going to see. It is going to be integrated completely like we had thought. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I guess it should have been obvious. So does that mean Breakaway is playable? I thought it was... Uh... No. You can install it. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot play it. Okay, I, want, I, I want to correct something as well. Uh, Crossfire does have some pay-to-win elements. Not, That's you know, right. Not pay-to-grind elements. There's, you, can, you can buy body armor in the game that you can only pay real-life money for, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I guess anyone can buy that. I don't think you can... This, you, you can't grind for it because you need to cash up currency. I, I think it's an awful formula anyway, but it works. You know, If you can pay, pay, your, pay your way to advantage, you can get away with it. But I don't think grind your way to advantage is, is the same thing. You know what the truly funny thing about Ubisoft being one of the first to embrace the Twitch client is? You're still going to have to use Uplay. No matter what client Why? they sell the games to, you have to use Uplay. <laughs> like, literally nobody likes Uplay. Who's like, I'm a fan of Uplay, says nobody ever. I just don't care. I mean, it's fine. I don't, I don't like fixate on it being a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's like everybody else does. 
But uh, the cool thing about this Twitch client will be partnered streams, so not us, right? We'll get a 5% commission on uh, if people buy games on the Twitch, you know, through their, I guess, their link or mm -hmm. their stream. So that's pretty cool. All right. Speaking of these, this speaking of buying games, talk about GameStop, guys. All right, GameStop is uh, having issues. They're closing 150 stores, apparently. And uh, what do you guys, do you guys think they're going to die off? Uh, yes. They are going to downsize for sure. They maybe they won't die, but uh, they won't go the way of uh, Radio Shack. But they they won't be they they they're, they're off the throne. That's for sure. All right, I have a question for you guys. GameStop hires each and every one of you as a management consultants. All right, you are tasked with turning around GameStop's video game business. So don't don't give me like they got, they're going to pivot to other things. How could they increase their video game sales or make more money off video games somehow? And they're giving you fat million dollar checks to figure out a good answer for this. What can they do different to, to revitalize video game sales? Digital service with lots of coupons and rewards programs. Done. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom. Like for the the physical stores or what? Well, anything to bring more gaming revenues for GameStop. What can they do differently? I, I like Ricola's suggestion. Hire hotter girls. They just have girls in a crop <laughs> tops and short shorts selling you games. That's just awkward, though, isn't it? No. Uh, well, maybe for you, but it doesn't matter. You ain't buying games at GameStop. No, I'm not buying games at GameStop. But I don't know. It seems awkward to me. How about rental? They should make a rental service. That's actually interesting. You know, like the... the, the what are those DVDs? Like Netflix or for DVDs. Yeah, Netflix DVDs, but for video games? Yeah, no, it's called Redbox, Don't they right? have one of Redbox. those already? Redbox. Is it called Blockbuster? Did they, have to, game, did they go bankrupt? Gamefly or something? Don't they yeah, have one Yeah, they have Gamefly. Maybe. Is that still around? Does anybody rent anymore? Really? Come on. That's true. <laughs> what about a digital rental service? Oh. So it would be you rent games and I guess it auto deletes or somehow there's some type of DRM and you can't access it after say 48 hours or however long you rent it. But but they would have, that would that require some form of integration with the consoles. Like digitally like deliver it to you through your PSN or Xbox Live account. And unless you get Microsoft on board, that's not going to happen. I mean, potentially, Microsoft, aren't they already doing something like that where they want to have some kind of like subscription service? Where uh, you get this kind of games through just like digital sales? Listen, smart guy. It sounds to me like GameStop is donezo, that there's nothing that it's. We just tried brainstorming here for about two minutes. We got and it. We got nothing. nothing. They're donezo. They're dead. GameStop, you're there's done. no other solution. <laughs> okay, here, here's the thing. People don't want to have to go out and buy games. They just buy them online because they don't have to leave their house. It's that simple. There's oh, also but... Amazon, right? Which gives you like, it's really cheap to buy games on Amazon. They deliver it the day it comes out and all that. Like you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, the Amazon effect doesn't really justify the whole thing. I mean, there's a fun fact. I mean, a lot of people don't realize. If you look at the percent of uh, like retail sales that happen online versus offline, it's like 7% happen online and 93% happen offline. So like Amazon is not taking over the world just yet. They're going to get there. Give it like another 20 years, everything's going to be Amazon. But you know, as a percentage of retail sales, Amazon's like 7-8%. I'm sure for, for electronics it's higher, maybe double that. But people still buy the electronics offline. You know, So I don't think it's fair to say everyone just buys it all online. It's game over, man. Well, I mean, I think the numbers show that everybody buys it online. No, <laughs> Where else are they going? Where else are they going other than GameStop? You know what I mean? 
There aren't well, maybe they'll games. buy it at Walmart now. Who knows? GameStop is also not the only video game store, yeah. you know? It is here. I mean, unless I want to go to Walmart or, like, some other generalized store, GameStop is the only specialty place. You know what GameStop has done recently, though, that I think was really smart? They started adding mm. merchandise. Because yes. now, now that they have that, like, say there's, like, a, a GameStop, like, next to a coffee shop I'm going to, right? I'll mm -hmm. check it out now because I want to see what kind of neat stuff they have, you know? But before, yeah. it was kind of like, I don't really care. You know, GameStop, whatever. But I've, I've actually, that's actually happened to me a lot in, like, the last two months where, like, I would <laughs> go somewhere that's not related to GameStop. It's like, oh, hey, there's a GameStop there, like, within walking distance. I'll go check it out. And I've well, actually okay. bought some stuff a couple times. So. That's actually the other side of this. See, so they're closing down 150 GameStop stores, and then they're opening 35 more ThinkGeek stores. Oh. So they are obviously pivoting towards collectibles. But uh, slowly, it's, it's, I found the number. Smart, you know? I found the number. Seventeen point three percent of electronic consumer electronic sales happen online, e-commerce versus that's again eighty-three percent happen offline. Which that's consumer electronic sales. That doesn't account for games alone. That, yes, that. But that's you know I don't think we're gonna find just video games. But I, I think it's still fair to say over half easily most the vast majority. It's still happening offline. People are buying their. No. I think people are buying their games at Walmart, at Target, at like uh, GameStop still, obviously, and all other you know stores. I gotta say, I agree with you with the whole uh, walk-in thing. You know, I went to breakfast yesterday, and there was a GameStop in the same complex, and I I walked in just to you know just to see what they had, and I actually even bought ended up buying a game, and I'll show you guys on stream. I bought this for I think fifteen bucks. It's one of the Nintendo Select three DS games. Uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team. I love these Mario RPGs, so I'm looking forward to playing this one later. There you go, GameStop. I'm giving you business. Nice. <laughs> there you go. You did it. You guys nice knowing you, GameStop. You guys remember Game Crazy? No. I, I don't remember Game Crazy. I remember it's EB like Games. That was mine. My local oh. place. <laughs> Also, something that's important to note about this, they aren't U.S. exclusive, so all 150 stores are not going to be located in the U.S. that they're closing down. So, overall, their business could be declining faster in other countries than mm -hmm. here. All right. Uh, some, some little data for you guys. GameStop today is worth about $2.12 billion. Still a lot of money, but they used to be worth a lot more earlier. I think they're at, like, uh, looks like five-year lows. Seven year, eight year lows. So it's not they're not dead yet, but their 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 stock is taking a poop. Oh going down the tube slowly. But I think Matt and uh Shu about the whole collectible thing. I mean, if they if they focus on that, they'll make a lot of money. I looked at the data yesterday out of curiosity. They make about five hundred million dollars for collectibles, and video games they make about eight billion dollars in revenue. So you know, collectibles are, are actually growing very quickly, like over twenty percent a year. While I mean, gaming is slowing down. But five hundred million to eight billion is still Pretty big numbers. And they're they're the kind of learning that people that play games want to buy stuff too, mm -hmm. related I, to it. You know. Speak of talk about Pivot, I'm pretty sure they, don't they own like a cellular service now too, like one of those uh, off-brand like Ting Mobiles or one of those or Cricket Mobiles, one of those weird ones. Yes, they have their own like. Um, Game what? GameStop has their own cell service now. Yes. It's like what. <laughs> Why? Seems so odd. You know, you gotta you gotta cater to all the anti-social nerds that have disposable income. You know. Mm -hmm. 
think uh all right they got they got I, I i think there's still something they can do to to, to to fix up their video game business but as million dollar consultants we all failed we couldn't give them a a clear solution to boosting no, their video game no. business all right we failed we're, we're fired we failed. we're all fired they're bankrupt move on <laughs> rest of pepperoni game stop All you know, right. we never talked about what we played this past week, and maybe we should wrap up with that. All right. Sounds good. Let's take it. All right, so I started playing Fantasy Star Online 2, which is the first time I played since the, like, 24 hours that it was not IP-blocked during open beta, and then it was IP-blocked, and now it's not IP-blocked again, and it's been mm-hmm. not IP-blocked for a long time, but I just got around to it because... It was like a 50 gigabyte download or something. I don't remember. And it took until I downloaded a 50 gigabyte arcade game before I convinced myself, okay, I can download the 50 gigabytes. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, Kat and I started it and I got to like level 15 in the first night. I think we played for like five hours. Um, Spent about an hour in the casino alone because Mm -hmm. they give you one free ticket and it's an actual casino, so you actually lose money at times. They have this crazy animation where it goes, congratulations, and you start doing a dance when you win. Um, what it does is it has the roulette thing, and it's on a giant like wheel that spins. That's like a vertical wheel. Um, and it spins, and if it lands on one of the things you've picked, it'll spin again for a double. And if you get the double, it'll do the congratulations thing. Somehow I got the double on... Well, we both got the double because we both put it on the same one on the first one we did. And then our luck went to shit from there. But um, I'm having Never a lot of fun with it. Away. Never walked away, man. <laughs> Never yeah, walk but... away when you're winning. Gotta keep pressing your luck. You know, though, yeah, like, isn't that an interesting idea for a gold sink, though, in the game? Definitely. Well, it's not a gold sink. You get your own. It has its own currency that you use there. Oh, I see. So it's it's kind of like Final Fantasy with the. Except it's not like it's not like something impossible where you grind lose. out money. It's not impossible to lose. You lose a lot. That's good. It's like more of a real casino, which is probably inspired by Sega's work with actual casino machines. But anyways. Uh, yeah, so the combat is really fluid. I, it actually plays surprisingly well on a gamepad, which is something that I was shocked about because I'm playing it on a gamepad instead of on a keyboard and mouse, and I feel like it works out better. I don't know. I'm real, I'm liking it so far. And you you guys know, like I've said before, that I don't like a lot of the instanced ones, but mm-hmm. something about fi- Fantasy Star feels more natural the way you go from like the lobby to the team lobby to the actual map. It feels more natural. Matt, you didn't share the best part. Your awesome pompadour. I didn't choose that pompadour. I just took a picture of it. You mean it chose you? The pompadour chose you, all right? The pompadour life chose you. I have a ponytail, like a samurai ponytail. I like the pompadour more. I, I linked it on, on the Twitch chat so you can share it. This is a top cake pompadour. I kind of wish it was yours, but it's not. <laughs> all right. Is that not the craziest fucking uh, hairdo you've ever seen? It is A+. I wish I could rock this hairdo. I, I would I would pay good money to rock this hairdo. Dude, imagine like if you had to give someone directions, you don't even have to lift your hands. You just kind of turn your turn your head a little bit. <laughs> it's, like, it's like excuse excuse me, sir, where is the restroom? It's over there. <laughs> I wish I could rock a pompadour. I feel like 
you need to put a lot of gel for it doesn't fall down, right? That'd be like a crazy amount of gel every day. Go through like a whole freaking tube every just to keep it going. Because <laughs> like if not, if you don't put the gel, it just it just flops to your face and then everything's covered. Oh, this 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 hairstyle was inspired by this man. What space dandy? Somebody said. I got. He linked it. All this right, guy's well, hair looks like a nest for ants. You see this picture? I don't know, Aaron, if you brought oh, it up. Yeah, I, did, I did, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> <laughs> what a badass. All right, guys, that's it for the uh, main segment here. We'll continue in overtime. Wow. All right. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed the hairstyles at the end here. Aaron doesn't care what everyone else plays. I know, right? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's all right. We, we only Whatever. care what Matt played, all right? We'll we'll cover what we played as soon as I guess he stops because he he already called it. I called it, guys. I'm right. sorry. I'm done with you guys. Bye. All right. I'll, Bye. I'll tell you right, later for YouTube. <laughs> See ya. Bye, YouTube. All right. You guys I played a little bit of Player Unknown's Battleground uh, last night. Uh, <laughs> That's all I played too. All right. See, there you go. We talked about it at the beginning. We didn't miss anything. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean why we are we offline? Really oh, it, oh shit, Erhan.